Hey, hey, homebodies, what's happening? It's your girl, the Toad Lady, Rachel Presser, coming at you from New York, where we have a major accessibility problem with both the god-awful MTA and with several buildings here. And, yeah, that's actually what I'm going to discuss today. Accessibility versus universal design and how that affects uh, home design and urban planning, but, well, mostly the home design part, but, yeah. So, let me just uh, preface this with saying that... um, Hey, well, it's really great, you know, if, like, you know, you, you happen to see a disabled person and, like, yo, yeah, like, you hold a door for them, you know, you do things like, like that, or someone can't get, like, a mobility aid up the curb. Um, yeah, like, that's a nice thing to do. Like, that's common courtesy and all. But do not ever tell a disabled person that, like, oh, my God, like, this is so inspiring or blah, 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 when you see them, you know, trying to live their day-to-day life because, you know, take it you know, from a disabled person right now. Like, this world is so inaccessible that, you know, really, these barriers are just, are are put here, like, practically on purpose. And, no, like, it's, like, disabled people are not your inspiration porn. Um, No, like, do not, like, retweet, um, you know, or repost those uh, feel-good stories about, like, oh, this person, like, yeah, like, lifted a wheelchair user on their back so they could go see this painting or this part of the park. No, those places should be accessible for people who use wheelchairs, walkers, and, you know, anything else. All right, I had to get that out of the way first because, you know, yeah, like, having to use both the wheelchair and a walker, you know, to get around the city has been very eye-opening for how horrendous accessibility is here. Um, but it's not just in New York. I mean, there's actually a big problem with um, American home building and, um, you know, like architectural design, period, um, especially as um, so much of our population is aging right now, um, you know, because there's more people, you know, want to age in place, you know, in the homes they've lived in for the past couple of decades. Um, we're facing some pretty major, uh, you know, barriers um, in terms of making these homes accessible. And a lot of, while, while there is a lot of new construction that is addressing this from the get-go, um, now there's still like a big retrofitting crisis happening right now. It just may not, you know, seem that way to some people, but it's like, once again, you don't have to worry about this stuff until you or a loved one, you know, either is born disabled or becomes disabled later in life. And, yeah, there's just you know, so much... Um, you know, with home design and it go, you know, that can make it really difficult for day-to-day use. And it's not just a matter of, you know, wheelchair ramps or not, you know, like removing the risers, you know, from rooms or, you know, like, yeah, smoothing down, you know, like the stairs or putting a ramp in if it's split level, um, widening the doorways, you know, in order for a wheelchair to fit through. Because wheelchairs are also not the only assistive device out there. There's other types of disabilities, some of which may also be, you know, cognitive, or they may be, you know, like a chronic illness that just, you know, you have to, like, basically, like, design your space in a way that makes it usable based on, you know, that individual's, um, you know, specific disability. And the biggest difference, though, between accessibility measures and retrofitting and the, um, universal design is that yeah accessibility measures are meant to make an existing space usable to more people while universal design is yeah pretty much all about like having like that usability pool as wide as possible 
in the design process. So it's basically about like you know making things like more adjustable, you know, from you know from the beginning. So I'm thinking like you know, for instance about things like countertops, um, you know, cabinetry and the like, and how those things are yeah like out of reach if you use a wheelchair and you are definitely not getting up on a step ladder you know to go um, reach reach those uh, cabinets contents and. So basically, universal design would make those things, you know, adjustable or make it so that, you know, like that person could still easily reach into them, you know, regardless of their height, regardless of how they're going to be using that space. Um, and so while like universal design, you know, presents a lot of amazing opportunities, you know, to try different things, test them out with people who have different types of disabilities, um, the big problem is just that, like, usually, though, this new construction tends to be a lot more expensive, you know, like, than, like, buying or renting something older that may not have, you know, the features that you need or would require some kind of investment in retrofitting. And, and so, like, while there's more, like, disability advocates more knowledgeable in this area than I, in a nutshell, like, there's, it's also, like, impossible in a lot of cases to pretty much make a landlord also cover you know certain retrofitting costs or making their apartments um ada compliant you know either because they're a small landlord or you know like the building um is just like either not up to code as it is or it's a certain age and like that therefore it's exempted from having to make these concessions i'm actually seeing this go down in real time um in my condo association because about maybe like 20 buildings are actually are getting outfitted with eight with, with with ADA um yeah you know compliant ramps and other and other certain retrofittings at least just to the common areas if not actual apartments themselves and i am cursing that my apart my my building of course is not getting this or if it is going to get it it's not going to pee right away um because going down those stairs uh, really sucks. Um, yeah, I got three stairs in the lobby, three stairs outdoors, and it sucks ass trying to get down them every time. Going back up them ain't too bad. It's going down them that's horrendous. And yeah, so it's just been interesting though, like watching some of these buildings actually be put up, up to code, others are not, and that may be just as a based on like the makeup of those buildings, just you know, at least age wise. Um, yeah, because, yeah, as we have a lot of older residents in my community, there has been, you know, an increased need for, yeah, like, people to age in place. I think there has been more push from senior organizations that work in my neighborhood to make it happen. Um, with that said, though, for single-family homes, it's a much different dynamic because right there you could easily be looking at, like, Fifteen to thirty-five thousand dollars a pop, if not a lot more than that, you know, to get these improvements made, you know, to make your home more accessible, and that's just something that, like, I think like, that most people can't afford, especially a lot of disabled people who are, you know, marginalized because, like, yeah, like how the hell can you make a living if you can't, like, if you can't even, yeah, like, get out of the damn house? I mean. Even if you have um, a pretty remote career like I do, um, it's like still, you still see those barriers are, are present, you know? And 
it's just, yeah, it's just, um, it's not just an inconvenience, like, it is just a straight-up form of marginalization. And, yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see how new homes get built um, with these universal design principles in mind, because, yeah, you should have a right to age in place. I mean, like, have you ever been to a nursing home or an assisted living center? Yeah, they're, they're fucking depressing hellholes that cost, like, $10,000 a month. Shit, dog, if I was going to pay $10,000 a month, you better give me, like, a penthouse on, on, on Billionaire's Row, you know, that has, like, everything I could possibly want in it without ever having to leave the building and be able to just, like, glide in my wheelchair like a freaking air hockey puck if you want me to pay $10,000 a month for some, like, yeah. yeah. And, and those places, like, yeah, are not even that private like i mean i remember when i was in this assisted living apartment like it was it was actually smaller than my first studio and no 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 that, that doesn't has no appeal you know you should be able you know to age in place and decide how you want to handle that and if you're young and disabled you should have the right to just like be able to use the damn home you live in and be able to go out you know in public you know with whatever mobility aid you need and, like, not be harassed and not be, um, you know, like, having to go through this, like, Sisyphean task just trying to cross the damn street or catch a bus. And, yeah. So you really don't see how horribly inaccessible, you know, the world is until you've experienced it firsthand or even just seeing a loved one experience it firsthand. And, yeah. So it's going to be interesting, yeah, to see what happens with home design in the next couple of years, um, how we can also start, you know, making um, some of the homes that we currently live in, whether they're single family or, or they're, um, you know, apartment buildings, how we can make them more accessible to people. And yeah. So if you want to see more discourse about home building accessibility and other interesting topics like this, stay tuned on homestratosphere.com and on this podcast and I'll catch and follow us. Oh, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Home Stragos. And I'll catch you again next time.